Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Feeling the clash yesterday. So I wanted to bring him out today. This goes out to near and dear to our hearts, Miss Emily Hayes. I'm just glad you didn't say clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have the panel back together. Once again, once again. Oh, Mr. Spotlow, Mr. Ross. Hey, what's going on? Everybody? And fiance. Oh, yeah. We have fiance. And we had that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can call him what's up. Okay. Yeah. So Brandon's nickname is what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. What about yours? Do we have no? You can't give yourself a nickname. What nickname are we giving Spotlow here? Spotlow. Come on now. That's, that's, too, that's too on the nose. Yeah. That's, that's too easy. It's just Seth, man. Just Seth. Yeah. It, well, okay. Yeah, you, you defy nicknames. Did you catch that? It's Seth, man. Seth man. Yeah, you like Seth man. Like Seth Superman. man. Yeah. Or is it men? Oh, is no, it man or men? It's when I was working at the bar back in the day. I uh, when I introduced myself, hey, I'm Seth man. It's nice to meet you. Oh, <laughs> I get I get into that. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing, man? Yeah. That's Do- what's up. Doesn't help with my appearance. Like, how high are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. But that's what I meant to ask you. I um, like where it's at. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, when you went to that uh, conference this past week, like, mm-hmm. uh, did you get any kind of weird looks? They were like, wait a minute, no. Who is, this, who is this hippie? No, I fit right in. I mean, there are a lot of clean-cut business-type looking folks, entrepreneurs, but I was on the creative panel track, so there are a lot of creative types. I mean, one guy I met from uh, Los Angeles, he's a composer for cartoons. Cool. Oh, yeah, he's a classically trained composer, but he found work doing like scores and stuff for cartoons. Like, you know, the big bad guy comes up, somebody has to make that music. Did oh. you ask him which ones? I'm no, a I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, cool. Another guy was on there, the Vsauce channel on YouTube. Um, they have over a million plus followers. Um, met Kevin, met some of the people who work behind the scenes. Uh, it was amazing. No, I felt right at home. I mean, I got a few like, hey, what's up, Jesus hair comments. But, <laughs> you know, I'm used to that at this point. And uh, in Atlanta, cannabis is decriminalized. Wow. So there were a lot of people nonchalantly. Uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't over the top. People had their their vape pens and these sort of things. So it was okay. like okay. 
Okay. okay. Cool. No, I, I felt at home. Yeah, because I seen some of your pictures on the Book of Faces, as mm-hmm. you say. Yeah. Yeah, and it looked like a lot of business types. I was like, I wonder how did he fit in there? Oh, yeah. No, it was fine. Nobody gave me a hard time. He's slick, man. He is? Yeah, like real, like... Uh-huh. No, you got to mm. accept me for who I am. <laughs> That's the deal. That's I've told Eric this. I don't give you enough credit. Huh, really? Yeah. You're yeah. like, yeah. You're, you're credit in what way? You're the man. You're the man. No, yeah. stop. You, you're the man. You. I mean, see, this is not true. You, uh huh. Got to be humble. The man is humble. Yeah. Now, now, now. This is this is my question. Have any of you guys been on panels as far as like this type of business? No. no. That's why he's the man. <laughs> no. But but is that something you would consider doing? I would do anything. Yeah, if you were invited, you better do if it. If it's got a mic, I'm coming. No, and this is a shirt they gave out. Uh, set. That was the, what is it? Set your path, change the world. That was cool. the theme of the, uh, you know what? the and whole I, conference. And you know what I could just hear playing in the background? I believe that children are our future. <laughs> you know, that one guy in the front crowd. Like, no. Oh, my God. He's, no, he's the, incredible. The music that set off the conference was the, you know, the Wonder Woman theme? Yeah. Yeah, it's not an electric guitar. It's an electric cello. Really? And the chick who played it for Hans Zimmer opened up the conference. Uh, Tina Gao, she's Chinese. Her parents immigrated to the States when she was young. And, well, and from the Chinese background, like, her parents would literally lock her in her room. Not always the fondest memory, she put it. But you must <laughs> practice your cello for eight hours. Wow. And so she gets out there, and I could probably find a video of it, and just that first stroke of the bow across an electric cello is like, oh, my God. And by the way... She'd be right up you guys' alley. She's yeah. a big like Marilyn Manson fan. Like, and if you think something like electric guitar could be heavy, a cello, like oh. at a certain point she's smacking it with the bow. It's so sexy. I love that kind of it's stuff. So powerful. Man. I I saw all sorts of things this weekend. But at a certain point, I felt like I hit it's it's like camp ended too early. You know, this uh in the news today. Or a little bit yesterday. Did you see the raccoon? There's mm. this raccoon. And it was like a, you know, standard metropolitan area. And it's like a several-story, like 20, 25-story office building. Okay. Pretty nondescript. It looks like a concrete building, whatever. This raccoon, there's like a column somewhat sticking out of the building. And this raccoon is like spread eagle climbing. Like he's in an American Ninja Warrior. That's awesome. Like scales the whole side of the building, and it's like people are like, oh, look at the cute little raccoon. Look at him go. He's he, he's gonna fall. No, he gets to the top, and you think, I'm thinking like the raccoon is thinking. I'm victorious. Everybody said I couldn't do it. It's kind of like Ronda Rousey in her promo on Monday Night Raw this week. People said I couldn't make the Olympic team, and I did. Nobody believed that I could be Strike Force champion, and I became champion. Nobody said I could be UFC women's champion, and I became champion. And nobody says that I can beat you, Nia Jax, for the WWE Women's Championship belt, but I will. That's that raccoon saying to all his other raccoon friends and all the other like winged birds who mock him as they fly. <laughs> above. No way you can scale that building. There are no branches. There are no footholds. It was, watch me do it. And you reach the summit. You know what they did to this poor guy? He got pooped on. They shot him. No. They put him in a cage and put him back in the woods. He's like, I, I climbed up here for a reason and out of 
the goodness of your heart, you're going to treat me so humanely as to put me in a cage, put me back to where I climbed up from? That's how I feel like a little bit, like I reached the summit at this conference and like I'm feeling good, I'm networking, I'm really coming into my own, getting over my social anxiety and insecurity, and now I'm back in this cage, in this radio studio. Hey, we got to bring him to the thing. The thing. See, this is this is a smart move. You just ignore what I'm ranting about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you just, exactly. What, what thing? Well, well, well. The the thing is. The thing the, is the a thing nine is. inch nails concert. Oh. In Atlanta, uh, the end of August, okay. September, the end of September. Maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, you, but, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Going going to the summit. You said you felt you know like you had reached the summit and stuff like that. But in a small way, yeah. In a small way, but at the well, same time, don't you think if you socialized and went out more here you would wouldn't feel as caged i think as you you're on to something brandon well, I, I don't there's a trick it's a trick man oh really yeah because to go out equals getting drunk see but i don't know that's not true i did drink a lot this weekend but i handled it well i handled it I, well. I, I, no I, shots i i understand that but at the same time you as an adult can say no i know but that's no fun <laughs> well, and true, and when you're the sober one around a bunch of drunk people, it's like, oh. yeah, now that's not fun. No. That's never fun. Okay, oh, when good. somebody gets this close to your face and they're talking loudly, they're either drunk or they're from New Jersey, and their breath and so, smells horrible. Yeah, or, exactly. Or they're about to say those crazy words that every guy in, in a group of drunk guys say. Mm. I love you, man. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, you're getting into the I love okay. you, totally brothers. Me. Uh, okay, <laughs> that All is right. you. And then I start crying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love you too, big guy. Okay, uh, okay, you're about to throw up. Get away from no, me. No, just start crying. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> and by the way, I don't. I've never used the term bro mm. seriously. Like, I love you, bro. <laughs> I've used man. Like, I've used man a lot. But just if you're gonna say bro, just come out and say the whole thing. Brother. Yes. And if you're talking about wrestling, you just say it twice. Brother, brother. <laughs> no, 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 because it works. Bro, because I mean, H- Hogan was ahead of his time. You know? Yeah. I mean, had he shortened it up and just went, bruh? No. Oh, man. man. He'd have he killed the way. 80s. He wouldn't have been he a good... He would have killed the 80s. That's not being a good brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you gotta be I, a good brother. I hate brother. bro, and I hate buddy. Buddy. I hate buddy. You call me buddy, I'm pissed. What's what if somebody genuinely Because people likes that call buddy. you buddy are going to rip you off. <laughs> Would you prefer they call you a sport? Sport? And no. Just not. Squirt? Because I mean, you call me buddy, I'm like, hmm, because car salesman, where they, hey, buddy, come here. Oh, look at it's this like, guy across the desk from me. He thinks he's the champ. I'm he not. He can say, to say it's rules. I'm, I'm not, not fluffy. I, I don't sit. My name's Seth. Seth. Buddy man. is Air Bud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what do y'all think of this uh, Kim Jong-un, Donald Trump summit? Because my takeaway is... The world, I, I'm all for peace, and I hope this works out. And I'm not going to play the stupid partisan game, like, of course it'll work out, or no, it's not. He gave everything away. That's not how I'm feeling about this. I always want peace. That's my political message. But just step back. Let's go way back, like, two, three years ago. And somebody tells you that Kim Kardashian will visit the White House, not as just a simple photo op, not to warn against the dangers of artificial tanning beds or injecting things into your ass. No, she will go there for the sake of prison reform and sentencing reform. And she will successfully get somebody's sentence commuted. And she will and, 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 and bring up the conversation about prison reform. Also, keep, this person goes on. 
Again, this is three years ago. This person goes on. Dennis Rodman will be in Singapore, which is possible. I could have believed yeah, yeah, that yeah, three years ago. De- definitely. But he will be in Singapore trying to hawk this new technology called Potcoin. Oh, and at the same time, he'll be wearing a red hat that says Make America Great Again, which is for supporting the President of the United States, who happens to be Donald J. Trump. Oh, no, they're at a summit where Kim Jong-un and Donald J. Trump are shaking hands. You told me that three years ago. I said, get out of here. Raccoon scaling buildings? Like, I don't get this. Well, wait, well, wait a minute. You have to stop yourself because almost 15 years ago, hmm. The Simpsons had an episode where Donald is, Trump was president. That is freaky. There's a lot of other things, too. Man. Ex- I mean, exactly. They called iPhones. Yeah, they call time, all of Are they time travelers? Oh, I, I could believe it. It's predictable, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's predictable. <laughs> you it's know, just, I'm, it, I'm a good guess. Okay. So where are you going to be in 10 years? Right here. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Sweet. I like, oh, I like that answer. Nice. I like that answer. It's pretty good. Fiance, you alive? I'm, I'm alive. Mm. You all right up there? <clears throat> yeah. Long day? This long day. Yeah. Long week. Long man. week. I hear what's, you. What's been going on, man? A lot. Lots of stuff. Fate has yeah. thrown him a test. Yeah. yeah. Like a bunch of tests. You've got to rise to the occasion. I, I will tell you, Seth is the best at calling you and guessing whether you're wearing clothes or not. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird like, ability. Can you hear it? Man, I can feel it. Oh, no. Well, you that's, know. That's a weird like, thing to say. Like... I I don't know. It's just one of them things. I I don't know. I mean, it, I, I'm Wait, like. You, so you'll call up fiance here, and you'll be, hey man, what's up? And then and the, before you even begin the conversation, hey, are you actually are you wearing clothes, man? He'll say something. He'll, and I'll be like, dude, yeah. are you naked? A hundred percent accuracy. And it could be together or he's in like, the shower. He's like, are are you sitting on the toilet? And I'm like. Dude, I just sat down. How do you know? It's, <laughs> it's like the body whisper. <laughs> that is weird. Now, do you ever feel guilty about being naked when you're talking to a certain person? No. Like, no, get get out of the shower and you're like, I'm naked. And like somebody calls you and so you're having a business conversation. You're trying to close a deal, you know. You're setting your schedule. And I, I don't feel worried about it. I, I guess what I'm leading to is that I think... Once a week, this should be a nudist oasis. Everybody should be naked in the studio. <laughs> It'll be weird for us, no doubt. Nothing but socks, No man. doubt. Okay. But it's not like the audience will even know. It's like talking to somebody on the phone when you're naked. It's not like they will know anything. See, I see, I, I have to interject here because <laughs> now you interject. He's yeah. going to make us feel bad. You know why? No, 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 no. no. If, if, if that is the case, let me see. We got four guys. There needs to be at least nine women in the room. Okay, sure. For, for that to, to, to work. Oh, right. Well, did y'all think I was inviting you to Naked Wednesdays? Uh, you're <laughs> not being specific <laughs> right now, so. No, it's I'm just spitballing here. We're brainstorming. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out ways to get naked women to act, no, so figure yeah. out ways for people to accept nudity in society as a normal thing. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a good idea. We could wear socks. What is like going a on? single sock? What is going on with Peter King's face right now? 
Is it just poor lighting? It looks like he had a gas mask on and tanned the rest of his face. (laughs) (laughs) Peter King, the congressman from New York, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the world has gone crazy, but it's almost like in a good way. Like, with the the ever-changing world, it's hard to keep up. And I actually found something on Netflix last night. I've been looking for it for months. And what's that? It is Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth. It's a documentary series that Bill Moyers put together um, right before Joseph Campbell died. And what Campbell did in his career was do comparative mythology. So, like, let's compare the myths of ancient Indians. Let's compare uh, Islam and Christianity and Judaism. Let's compare Greece to the Aztecs. Let's see what are the common things in all of these people's stories. And they go through it, and they, for instance, the whole idea of man kind of falling or becoming conscious of his state, like the Garden of Eden. Like, okay, Eve, Eve made me do it. No, Eve says the snake made me do it. And he, they like read back to back, like the snake is the tempter in the Garden of Eden. There is an African mythological story where the snake is the one who says, why are we making all this food for the gods? Why don't we make some food for ourselves? And across cultures, the snake has something to do with man becoming more self-conscious. Well, 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 I mean, that's just like in pop culture, your your two evil animals are always either snakes or cats. Yeah. For some reason. I've never mm-hmm. gotten that. Well, they're I, jerks. One answer... That is just wrong. Well, no, but one answer is that snakes are like something... Like, it's a built-in fear over of thousands of years of human beings, homo sapiens, dealing with snakes. We have this built-up fear of it, so it, of course, expresses itself in our stories. Of course. it's like, And it's the thing you can't see. Like, it would freak me out if I'm walking through the woods here in Alabama. I know they're out there. You see a snake all of a sudden? They, it, I mean, you know, a five-foot-long one, you just chop his head off with a shovel. No, no, because actually a guy... uh, No, I did that Monday. No, no, recently it was a story in the paper where a guy had chopped the head off of a rattlesnake. And as soon as he moved the shovel and stuff, the head actually still bit his foot. Oh, Oh I was better than that. I mean, I I held it down there until he was... uh, No, because the body was still moving, so he lifted the shovel back up and the head is just laying right there. mm -hmm. And he went to walk past it. And the head just moved and and bit him. That's because he was stupid. Yeah, all you have to do is stay away, man. If you grew up near Alabama, you know that you don't mess with a snake, whether it's heads on or off. Well, well, well you know what? I, I have to speak to I that. I didn't know I, that. I, I have to speak to that because I'm, I was born a city guy. Yeah. So, you know, I've never been, I would know nothing about that. Wait, no, wait. Like, I, I'm born and raised in Alabama. I'm a bit of a city boy. But, I mean, I would assume if you chop a snake's head off, it's a dead snake. Nope, still moves. I, I chopped his head off, and when I picked his body up, he flinched where I picked him up. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we're giving into our primordial fears here, getting right. on a tangent. That is a huge snake. Seth is showing me a photo on his phone. Ooh. But Joseph Campbell makes this fantastic point, and 30 years later, I think it still reigns true, is that essentially culture's changing so fast Technology's changing so fast. The world has changed so fast. A lot of the old-time religion doesn't quite do it for folks. 
And that's why you see different denominations popping up within, say, Christianity, but around the world. Scientology. Well, Scientology pops up. I mean, but you also get um, all sorts of different versions competing now for the heart of Islam. Uh, there's, and yet there seems to be some kind of this conflict going on. And what he pointed to is, okay, because the world's changing so fast, it's hard to grasp it. It's not like we're talking about human, the human situation is about the same for hundreds and hundreds of years, like it would have been when you were building older myths. It's now changing so quickly. Think about like AI coming in our direction. These sort of things, he said, it's now up to people to look at themselves search through all the stories and myths in history, but also start to create new ones and direct the personal self and to live with bliss in the moment. And he See, points to... we there, man. He points to things like uh, in modern storytelling. At the time, Star Wars was big. So Star Wars has, as he put it, a great mythological framework. It's the hero's journey. Uh, Darth Vader is the the state, the machine that wants to control and crush too much for the sake of order. And, you know, when you first see it as a kid, I'm not thinking of Star Wars in those terms, but you look back and you go, that influenced me. Yeah. Like, well, of course. And I wonder now with, like, kids with Wonder Woman or with Infinity War, will that be a way, for, or all the Marvel movies, will that be a way for them to kind of help make sense of the world? Cause, and I hope it is because I want to see those things that is all this money's being spent on is more than just a business venture or a form to escape like the politics. It's well, actually well, a way well, to think about. Things. Well, when you look at the history of comics, which they've done a lot of docu series on, they originally drew Superman like Superman was drawn by two uh, immigrants, hmm. two uh, Polish immigrants, and. The whole thing, the whole thing was they wanted a hero that can represent the people, the people's interests, and that, that's why a lot yeah. of early Superman cartoons was him fighting like slum lords, and I mean they right. weren't superpowered people. These were just like regular guys with guns, slum lords, monsters. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Those were his early enemies. It's and, always the good beats evil, is the idea of them. No, but the ones that that doesn't happen or I, I love the movies and stuff like that that makes you root for the bad guy see this is actually very eastern of you and by far east is this is a key difference between the west and the east like the especially like the hindu tradition they say god is everything it's not God's above and separate no god is literally everything including things that maybe wicked or hurt human beings and a part of becoming enlightened is accepting that accepting the story and the unending drama of human being in the moment essentially okay there's a reason bad things exist you always have a choice you always have a choice but when you can understand that the good and the bad actually are in relation to one another and you can look at that bad Joy guy yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Joy and pain are woven together. I mean, think about it. The things that give you the most joy potentially have a way of giving you the most pain, like, a, say, a romantic relationship. Children. It really can be the thing that gives you the most... Raising a child! Or life. I mean, when life gives you that, I mean, you you have something really bad happen to you. Somebody, you know, passes something. Uh, your family members suck. Uh, right. A bunch of tough times happen. But those get you prepared for when the good stuff happens. 
Right. Because if that the bad stuff never happened, then the good stuff would not be as good. Right. And so it's a matter of accepting, not that, okay, evil will win, but accepting it does have a place in the world. There's a reason it keeps and continues to pop up in the world. But see, the necessary evil. Is, is, well, well, yeah. well, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like the newer comics, I like better because mm. they explore the okay. The world is not black and white. It's shades of gray. It's very complicated, and everything kind of feeds off one another. And I, I tend to think in that way that you know you have this eternity that runs through everything, and then people have a chance to experience that eternity in their lives, and they might end up for all sorts of reasons doing bad things they might be more on the side of the good i think the best thing we can do in this very constantly changing world is to say okay how can i learning from stories of old watching the stories being created anew how can i try to lean towards the good as you understand well you well that's that that's working with the assumption that stories are passed on which they're not nowadays because if a kid can't listen to an audiobook most kids don't go to the library, get books, and read up on things. That's why you got to repackage it. You got to tell the same stories in a different way. But see, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. It goes back to our parents and stuff like that. Right. Not spending time with, with kids and not passing on a lot of these stories in history. I hate that. It makes me mad. Kid I, I, parents I, aren't taking the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's changing. Uh, somebody was telling me, oh, you're going to have issues with Rose when she gets older. She's going to come in wearing this and this and this. And I'm like, uh-uh, it's not like that, man. I, I mean, I got this. You know, it's a communication. Talk to your kid. Uh, uh, get him to read a book, you know. get Make this stuff interesting, even though people nowadays don't do it. Well, but I thought there are now strippers who say that it's empowering. Yeah. I mean, got to pay your college somehow. Daddy. You were like really dumbfounded when I said that. Yeah. It was a joke. Oh, well, I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, we're going to hit a quick break. Be back with more of the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Feels good, though. I, like, you know, just taking a couple days off. I got to find my radio legs again, you know? It, it comes back. You it's all this, in the man. rhythm. Well, but that raccoon. Yeah. He's my hero. <laughs> he really is. He really, really is. Joey Clark. Clark. Uh, sometimes I wonder if this song will one day become autobiographical. One day. Uh, Every time. Uh, it's been a fun week with the music. First day, Monday, the day back. Yeah. Kiss. 1979's Dynasty album. Last night, Elvis Costello, My Aim is True. Now we're working with The Clash here. That's what's up. So, you know, I'll get back into the, you know, the R&B and the funk later. Oh, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta jump around. Yeah, you gotta switch classics. it up. Switch yeah, it up. exactly. So, what? Did, I mean, I had this great, fulfilling weekend, uh, but I feel like I've talked about it enough. Uh, what about y'all? What y'all do this weekend? 
Well, uh, as far as me, I caught up on some work and was a- actually able to get some sleep, you know, because as you know, I work multiple jobs. You do work multiple jobs. So, yeah, I was actually able to sleep this weekend. That was my reward, you know. We're not all as exciting as you. you know? Now, do you have a routine? Because I have a bad habit of falling asleep on the couch because I want to watch Joseph Campbell's Power of Myth. Really? Yeah, and I fall asleep. <laughs> uh, and Or I want to watch, for instance, my mind is on Money in the Bank. The pay-per-view is this weekend. Oh, yes. Who's going to be the women's Money in the Bank holder? Who's going to be the men's? I know, I'm pumped for that. But what, what about y'all? What y'all do this weekend? <laughs> All right. So you said about what you're doing this weekend. Yeah. See, uh, mine and fiance's weekend is uh, me and him and some little girls that we call our kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it was two or how many? I have one and he has one. So it's watching the two girls. Yeah. We don't watch them. We hang out with them. Oh, you hang out? Oh, I like that you corrected me in that way. Yeah, I really do. Good parenting. Yeah. So it's not like you're distant. It's like... I mean, you got to be a little bit of authority figure, right? Of course, right? you lay the law down. They screw up. But yeah, you don't you don't watch them. You you hang you hang out. You play. You don't you don't just. That's what I I used to hate. That I used to take Kira to the park, and you know I'd be running around with her, sliding down the slide with her, and I'm six foot tall, and she's you know three feet tall, and then I see like. A bunch of other kids, and they're like asking me to play with them, and oh, no. their parents are sitting over on the bench, buried in their phones, and oh. it's just like the the park is a free daycare that they just let well, them run. It's terrible. Well, well, that's basically how most parents look at school now. It's not that all oh, my my child is is out of school. You know, good, we can go out to places. It's oh, my child is out of school. I have to watch them now during the day. Mm. See, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, school for, I mean, despite the, the so-called education part, it's a glorified daycare. So it, people it is. People can go to work. It is. And, and that's why I, I do think that teachers should be paid more. They deserve it. Well, Depends on the teacher, in my opinion. All of this stuff about school is why it is more important that parents are real parents and you do it. Yeah. Because that well, is what they are doing in the school is uh, you have to teach your kid to know better. But I think it helps, too, that it's like, obviously, it's your daughter, your daughters. But, like, I sit here as, like, a 29, will-be 30-year-old guy. Like, what do I have in common with, like, a 6-year-old girl? How do I hang out? You know what I mean? Dude, it's easy. Well, well, you know what? No, it's not even that. I think that it's a great thing that you guys were older when you had your kids. Because could you imagine yourself at... He wasn't there. Oh, okay. Well, Seth was. <laughs> Mine's a baby. His is like 15. Oh, okay. 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 She's 11. It, you but, know what I'm saying? But but could you imagine being 12 and... Th- because you have 12 and 13-year-olds that are having babies now. Yeah. Ooh, man. Could you imagine I've, having a kid at 12 or 13? I've got family who's who that happened to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so so it's like, what? oh, crap, what do I do? That and you, happened, and, too. And, 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 and you kind of grow with your kid. That's well, not supposed to happen. That's yeah. not how it's supposed to be, but that, that's how it is. But I wanted to ask, like, we were talking about how, you know, pain and joy go together. Is it true that, like, the greatest joy in y'all's lives, I'm guessing, is that little girl in many respects? And yet some of your biggest fears in life also is because... You love that little girl so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, to answer your question about being 30, hanging out with a six-year-old girl. Yeah. You got to think about it. 
you know this child from birth. Right. And so, like, the birth of her or him, whatever, you know, is is life-changing yeah. in itself. And I, you know, the whole time my ex-wife was pregnant, you know, it was it was this whole experience for her. And I was just there, and, you know. I just, it was just like she was just getting fat. That was it, you know. <laughs> oh wow! And then, and then she was, she had a C-section, and I watched my daughter come out of her belly, and then I carried her, you know, to the little whatever, and having her in my arms changed everything. Is it hard to put into words? Yeah. How deep? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's. Uh, it's a weird segue. It's what actually the thing I was watching last night was talking about. That myths and those sort of religious experiences or life-changing experiences, what you're trying to do with religion and myth is describe the indescribable. Mm-hmm. Like the depths of feeling that you can get from a certain moment, language is a barrier almost. You know how I'm weird, man. I mean, of course. I just, I, I've always done stuff different. And I let things just happen, you know. And I don't... I, whenever uh, uh, Rose was born, yeah, um, I I stood behind the line of seeing all that, you know. But when she came out, like they gave her to me, and she was blue, you know. I mean, yeah. when I held my baby, she was blue, and they had to do their thing, and they got her breathing, and she got back to normal color, you know. Oh man, and, okay. Um, because that's just how they come out, you know. Or I guess whatever, but they're gross. Well. They've just been in there a long time. <laughs> been sucking on liquid for a long time. It's time for some air. Disgusting little parasites. Yeah, man. Little snot. I love her to death, though. Yeah. Um, but you just you do things different. You, I, just, I, I want her to be happy, and I know what I should do, and it's just easier to do it. Like, yeah. I'm stopping it. Because when I left baby mama, baby girl had just turned one. She turns two next month on Friday the 13th. And, uh... Uh, now that I'm single dad, I just, I mean, I just did it. There was no second thought. It was just like, what do you want? It was like, what do you know is the right thing to do? And you just do it. Well, and that's, I don't know, it it scares me not in a way that cripples me. It actually scares me in a way that excites me. It's like if I become a father, whether it's a boy or a girl, is trying to help them, you know, I not make a carbon copy of myself. I think that's a disservice to a kid but help them kind of learn about the world at large. I think that is a it well, sounds like an amazing joy. Well, at the same time, I've kind of had to do that with my siblings. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because I've watched them walk into mistakes. Mm. And it's like you want to you want to be like, "No, no, I know that's wrong," but at the same time, you have to let them make their own How mistakes. How many siblings do you have? 4. 4 and is like there a big age difference? Yeah, it's seven years between me and my next. Uh, wow, are you the oldest? Yep. Yeah, I got eight wow, between me man. and my sister. Yeah, and, and see, it's weird because I, I've literally watched all of them grow, and I've watched them each of them. You know, like no, you shouldn't do that. But and I cringe, but just like my mom told me, well, you had to learn that lesson, didn't you? Mm. You kept putting your hand near that stove until you got burnt mm. that one time. Just like Rose in the skateboard yesterday. I put her on her first skateboard yesterday. You, how old is she again? Uh, she turns two on uh, Friday 13th. You next put month. her on a skateboard? Of course. How is she going to learn? 
<laughs> this this is true. And she got her first little road rash on her hand. Yeah. And I it, was like, high five, baby girl. I said, show Eric what you did. And, she, and I'm like, high five, you know. Boom. Did she act real upset when it happened? No, or? she's cool. Okay, I mean, nice. She, she looks and she's worried about it. And she sure. looks at me and I dush it off and I give her a little kiss. I'm like, it's and, okay. High five. Good job. Nice. And, and, and see, that goes back to what I said before. Kids take their cues from you. If mm. you're freak now, had he came over, oh, oh my God, you know, and start panicking, that tells her to panic. Yeah. When we're in the grocery store and a baby's crying, she's like, baby crying. I'm like, yes, that's a baby crying. And thank you for not being like that. <laughs> Walmart, your local Walmart. Dude. But of course, my baby's the one that I, we can, uh, we walk around Walmart when Dizzy's going, bleh, bleh. Yeah, I'll do it, and she'll do it, and then... Now, with your daughter being a little older, do you ever feel like, because of all the different ways people could learn these days, I don't know what you've type of rules you've laid down with the internet and with television and media in general, but do you ever feel like, especially as she gets older, there are now more people competing for her mind and for the stories, not like in a nefarious way, like we're going to influence her, but there just really are that many influences yeah. out there. I feel really lucky because it for the most part she has inherited both of the positive intelligence sides of me and her mother and so for 11 years old she is extremely smart and in in very good control of her emotions it's awesome okay and, and cool. she has awesome dad He's the man, and he was taught. His parents are great, man. His dad and his mom are awesome. You know, uh, tell the, tell him about the cell phone and uh, the BF. <laughs> See, they dealt with he dealt with it amazing, good parent. What are you talking about? Which which part? I'm, okay, now I, j I just learned last night she's on boyfriend number three. So. Really? Wow! I'm talking yeah. about boyfriend number one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. wait, wait. So she has a cell phone now. She does. Okay. It's. My niece and nephew, my sister's kids, started when uh, they were nine. The oldest was nine. The other, the other one was uh, eight. But I held out for as long as I could, and then her mom decided that she needed to a cell phone. And okay. it worked out. Uh, she's eleven. It's you know she just got it earlier this year, and it works great because now I don't have to call mom's phone. To talk to her, right? Or, you know, I can text her, or God forbid, Snapchat her. And <laughs> you're doing the Snapchat? Yeah, I don't like it. You ever put the emoji faces on, like no. you're a puppy or something? Uh, -uh. No. I really use it for like only just like the chat portion yeah. of it, and like I'll take pictures of the cats and send to her and stuff like oh, that. Okay. But yeah, no, I don't. I myself don't limit her mm. uh, because. And the way I look at it is she has displayed to me her ability to know what's right and wrong. So, like, last year she was on this kick of watching the scary clown YouTube videos where the clowns are coming through the woods yeah. and all that stuff. And, That's like, freaks me out. And, yeah, she used to love it, and she would, like, get all curled up next to me, but she'd be watching it on the phone and, and all that stuff. And... But you know, I don't. I don't limit her. I know she's. Both well, me and her mom have have taught her well enough to know what's right and wrong, and and she doesn't do the wrong stuff. Yeah. Well, well, it goes, it goes back to the old adage: you know, trust is earned, not given. 
So you, it seems like your daughter knows that. Yeah. You know, that's what's up. I mean, that's awesome. I, I just have this idea of, and I even feel this way. I think my parents thought this. Once you, like, that cell phone is a way to communicate and always be in touch. It's also this portal to this outside world that is, like we established, is changing all the time. Can change for the better and in amazing ways, but there's a lot of messed up stuff out there, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, inf- like, it's a crutch. Like, kids now are well, more well-informed, like, because it's just right there at their fingertips. Yeah. But that's, it's a double-edged sword because they can find out the wrong information just as fast, too. They can find out any information they want, but they can't talk to somebody in person. That's that's where I, yeah. like I said, so much. I got lucky because she loves the phone, but she also loves tinkering with electronics with me, and she loves going outside and I don't know how many science experiments we've done, and she, I just let her free range stuff, and I end up with that's, like and that's green you slime that. all over my table. Don't <laughs> act like you didn't have fun making the green slime. No, I did. <laughs> no, there there are plenty of like I bought some glow in the dark stuff. This yeah. Last time. Just, just, Walking through Walmart and I see it and I'm like, oh, we're gonna make glow in the dark slime. Yes, awesome. today I was in Walmart and I was like, I love having a kid because I get to drink high C out of a box. <laughs> I get to buy stickers and put them on my headphones. And, and the <laughs> excuse it's for my child, but you get you want to do it yourself. Of course. Okay. I mean, she scratches her little bug bites, so I put fifty band aids on her legs that are tie dye. Well, about twelve. <laughs> He helped me. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the age thing because y'all have a few years on me. Not many, just a few. Yeah, it's and a, it's amazing. I'm, I think I am hitting what you've talked about. How it slows down, Seth, or like I feel like 29 going on 30. My paternal instinct is coming out. Yeah, I'm not well, trying to well, nest by any well, means. Well, well most mo- most women call that baby fever. Baby fever. Yeah. See, I'm on baby fever. I might have baby mama fever. Ah, <laughs> you're just getting old, man. Yeah, I think I'm just getting old. Where, no, where it's these things I used to just go, why would I ever have any interest in Cringe that? It. I, I don't think two years ago even, I would have this conversation with y'all. Yeah. And now I am genuinely fascinated about what it is like to be a father for somebody. It just It's remarkable to me. I don't think anyone should ever be be worried about it because the second that it happens, I, I didn't feel it. It just happened to me. I right. knew what to do. It was just there. You do it, and it's there's no questioning it. You know what to do. Do it. Now, did y'all have any uh, religious convictions either way when your child was born? And this is why I asked the question. I had people say to me, Joey, if you're an atheist, you'll believe in God when you first see your, your child. I'm like, okay, I, I haven't had a child. I guess I'll have to wait. And, until and that moment, see, see if but, they're right. Yeah, but then I had somebody tell me a few days after folks told me that when I first saw my child, I stopped believing in God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which way is it? Uh, uh, so I don't know. It's not a specific way. Right. And it, there's, I mean, it's like I've had this conversation with Seth. I was raised by an atheist father and a Christian mother, and I grew up. I guess you would say agnostic. Sure. Not not knowing, but for some reason not caring enough to try to find out. And when Kira was born, there was no uh, aha moment. Like coming with, to Jesus with, Yeah, moment, there was yeah. no religious implications either way. 
it was I'd, I was looking at it biologically, you know. But it, but you also did say earlier there was this profoundly meaningful moment. There is. I mean, that's may, maybe that is religion. I don't I, know. And actually, that's, I that's I want religious conversations i don't think it's going to happen anytime soon but i think religious conversations should be less about what article of faith do you exactly believe like the the tradition passed down and more like what is deeply meaningful in your life almost to the point that you can't describe it and maybe there is a tradition that can help you understand that yeah my favorite billboard in montgomery is on my way to work 85 north go to church or the devil will get you that's 65 <laughs> North. This one is religion or relationship. Mm. What do you have? Wow. And well and I I love that because it there is not there's not a Jesus, there is not a God, there is not an Allah or a Buddha sitting up there. It's just you know, religion or relationship. And mm. it's it's not as di- as divisive as most right. of those. And that's that has been my belief for a long time as an adult is I don't know what the higher power is. I just feel it. You know, something good happens to me. I get goosebumps all over. You know, that's that's the way I have always been with that. And, yeah. and it's, you know, I always talk to somebody in my head and... You know, me, man. The, well, and we're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you're right. It, it and I think that's the best of religion when you are able to build, for lack of a better word, a relationship with something beyond you. Right. And it's like an ongoing conversation. Relationships do have their ups and downs, and you figure it out. Now, I now here's my question. You said it doesn't matter though, boy or girl, right? Yeah, to me, uh, having thought about it just a little bit, not much. Oh, okay, okay. No, it it doesn't. I, well, actually, if you push me on it, gun to my head, uh, I would say girl. Say girl, because I was in a household. I have a brother. It was my brother, myself, my dad, and my mom. And oh, maybe so your mom was the one that was outgunned the whole time. Well, but then she was the one who ran the damn house. Like well, she course. was the dynamo. And I think maybe it's like I don't have mom anymore. It'd be cool to raise a little girl. I don't know, but if you had to say, I really don't prefer either way. But if I had to say, I would say it'd be cool to raise a girl like these two gentlemen are doing right now. In t- <clears throat> in today's world, that would scare the life out of me. Okay, boyfriend, you, Mister Agnostic, growing up. What's up, you, uh, preacher son? Uh, I uh, I never had a dad, father guy ever. So Father's Day is for my mom. You know, mom yeah. gets Father's Day, and it's cool, man. Because I mean, I, I love how it worked out. Because it made me who I am today, sure. and I'm an interesting character. No regret. And um, I never was forced to go to church or anything like that. I made had my own choices, you know. And um, I'm Cherokee, man. You know, that's what I knew about myself. <laughs> so I went to Wicca because it was Mother Nature, you know. Yeah. And okay. uh, so I just I started off on the left foot, and um, it it. Put, just put me in a different spiritual pattern than other than other things. Well, no, and you've seen that. I seriously watch this thing on Netflix. Like one or two episodes. One's called "The Meaning of Myths." The other's like "The Hero's Journey," and there are a few other things. Um, there was one about like uh, they were talking about Native Americans and how, and some modern day hunters do feel this way. Not all, unfortunately, but. They saw like a buffalo they were going to kill to feed their themselves and the, their family, 
as like a being higher than them. It was almost like we're slaying a higher being for our sustenance, and they would literally build these shrines. Like they found like bear skulls, it organized a certain way. And it became like, okay, every, we're a part of this, and we want to give back and pay homage to this thing that's helping to sustain us. That's awesome because, I mean, it makes sense because without that buffalo, you would not be there. Yeah. You know, so you're, I mean... Well, and how strange is this thing we call life that it requires you to kill something? And if you're a vegan, you're still killing the plants. Yeah. And those are very complex <laughs> organisms. I mean, it, it is weird that to live, something's got to die. And it goes back to how everything's balanced. And, and that's another question I have, like... Like, I say probably about five years ago, it's like veganism just jumped up. It was like, we are no longer vegetarians. We are vegans. And they get really serious about it. Well, it's because all the people, so-called vegetarians, were eating a lot of cheese. And, <laughs> and the constipation was just out of hand. And then they trip and they break their hip. <laughs> yeah, you do need those vital nutrients. Well, other things. Well, I think a balanced diet is probably the best of way course, to go. Of course, of course. I was a vegetarian and ate plants. Well, if I was vegetarian, all I'd eat was cheese, and the studio would smell like broccoli. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining me. Thank you. Good thank to be you. back. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Joey Clark. <laughs>